Happy Friday, guys, and welcome to the episode of Let's Talk Dubs. I'm your host, Bill T. It was the height of the 80s. How radical can your car be? Showing up at the car shows with your corduroy short shorts, your low top vans, and your white socks pushed down. Maybe you just got done combing your mullet and put on your Hawaii 88 mesh shirt. Those were the 80s. One of the things that I loved about the 80s was it didn't matter what year your car was. Early or late, if you had a Super Beetle, you could put a rag top in it. If you had an oval window, you could put eight spokes on it. It didn't matter. Cool was cool. Shaved door handles, polished alloys, cookie cutters, five spokes. Anything and everything was on the table. As the scene started to evolve, what became the hot ticket was who could do the most radical modifications to their cars. People do shave door handles, one-piece windows, and that evolved into monochromatic paint jobs, scallops, pinstripes, heck, even Eddie Van Halen guitar-style paint jobs on their Volkswagens. And the boys in Bakersfield were pushing the limits. Now, of course, no one can forget Chris Addington's Rodbuster Gia, which is the king of all show cars for Volkswagens. But do you remember the baddest squareback ever built in the roadster days of squarebacks? That's right. I'm talking about George Delfino's 71 squareback. Exactly my point. Most people didn't care it was a 71. All they knew is that was the baddest squareback built to date. On this podcast, you'll hear a lot of things that you didn't know about that car. Car, that he actually built that car three times, not once. And it went from a cool SPL cruiser with 412s later to 415s in the back to he goes full-blown show ballistic and builds a Roadster square back. Gets it featured in the magazine and then redoes it again. So there's a lot of interesting insight that you get on this week's episode of Let's Talk Dubs when we talk to George Delfino, who owns Shockwave, the raddest square back ever built in the 80s and the 90s. Heck, probably still even one of the raddest ones built to this day, and I'm sure it's inspired hundreds of cars from that point forward. But first, we got a couple sponsors. Are you looking to get some disc brakes on your bus on the down low? How about a narrowed beam? What about converting your bus to IRS? Well, let me tell you what. The boys over at Type E Motorsports got your number. They've got a disc brake kit that allows you to go buy off-the-shelf factory available parts at any local auto parts place and adapt disc brakes and wide five to the front of your bus. For only 500 bucks, you can pick up that kit that takes your 63 to 67 bus and converts it to discs in the front with ready to go off the shelf parts that you purchase at your local auto parts place. How about a narrowed beam? A US made narrowed four inch link pin beam, 215 bucks. Or to do IRS, 950 bucks for a complete easy bolt-in IRS kit. He also does full bus beams end-to-end, rotor-to-rotor for three grand turnkey. So if you guys want to get some of your stuff decked out on your bus or your bug, go check out Type E Motorsports. Now, Brian's been on the podcast before, so you can check him out in episode number 105. Check him out at type-emotorsports.com. They've got a lot of suspension parts available, all U.S. made and ready to go. So hit them up at typeemotorsports.com. Guess who's back? VW Trends Magazine, that's who. Bringing back the fun in magazines. A true cross-culture of the VW hobby. VW Trends was always willing to step outside and bring you the latest trend in the VW scene. And you could be a part of this historic relaunch. How, you ask? Well, go to VWTrendsMagazine.com and there are several different ways that you can help relaunch this magazine. That's right. This is a grassroots effort put on by the VW community itself, relaunching one of those fun magazines that was bringing the culture to the market. They've got subscription packages all the way from $1.99 in the Founders Club, all the way to donate five bucks just to do your part to help get this back on the scene. This magazine for the people's car is for the people and it's by the people. So now you guys can be a part of history and could 
contribute to help get this magazine relaunched. First issue's coming out shortly, so stand by to get more details on that. But for now, go to vwtrendsmagazine.com and support the relaunch of VW Trends Magazine. Make sure you guys support the people that support your favorite VW podcast. Well, without any further ado, guys, let's get into it this week with George Delfino and Shockwave, the ultimate square back on Let's Talk Dubs. Okay, everybody. So today I'm really excited. I've got uh, George Delfino on the podcast today. And George is one of those guys that was out of Bakersfield that in the in the mid to late 80s, they were like pushing the bar in the VW customization. And so, uh, George, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you. Hey, you know, the way that we always start the podcast is what is your VW story and how did you get into Volkswagens? Well, that was a long time ago. <laughs> Um, I'm thinking 1984, I got, I bought my first Volkswagen. It was a 66 Carmagia hardtop. And before the Volkswagens, I was big in the car audio. Well, still, still was, it still am, but it was car audio. So I got this, my Carmagia, put a stereo system in it and everything. It was it was cool. It was Porsche Caribbean blue. And, uh, that was my first Volkswagen and it was a, a great car. And, but then one day somebody pulled out in front of me and it got totaled. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So I think I owned it maybe six months. <laughs> so, did so you, and this was a, like a typical kind of, and how old are you at this time? Uh, 18. So this is a typical kind of 18-year-old build. You get a car, put a cool paint job on it, and your focus, like a lot of us when we're young, is the stereo. You're building the car around the stereo, right? Yep, exactly. So after that thing got totaled, then uh, I bought the Squareback. It was a 71 Squareback. Right. I think I paid $1,500 for it, and that was an 84 also. So, yeah, just started with that car and wheels paint motor just complete build and a big stereo and then of course that i use that car for a lot of sound off back in the early 80s and and and, then, and i drove it as a daily driver and then showed it too and that is the and that's the first feature where the car was the feed car was featured to that degree or this is before the feature you were doing the sound offs and all that stuff uh, this is right before that feature. One of my first jobs when I was young was car audio installation. So you're a man after my own heart. Right. And, well, I used to own a car stereo store. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, and looking at the, looking at the square back back then, it's, it's funny because in the eighties, like today, everybody's really searching for like early cars, but in the eighties, yes. it was like whatever VW you could get your hands on. Pretty much. You just customize it, you know, and, and it's a late model square back, which a lot of people, when they go back in their mind's eye, they're, they're thinking it was an early square, but it's a, it's a second generation square back. Exactly. And, and it's, you know, looking at the feature, it's super rad. It's got, it looks like, is it 412s or 415s in the back of that thing? Uh, there's 412s in that one. 412s. Now, the whole system was 
what what was the system since we're going to geek out on steroids what was the system breakdown on that bad dude um it was all orion power back then and that's a lot of juice and and, and i don't remember i don't know 1500 watts <laughs> and i don't know if back then they were using capacitors back then uh no no stiffening caps at that point yeah so it's it, like the car had three batteries in it so you run in batteries and then you've obviously got to have a battery isolator off the generator did you even do an alternator i don't even think they were doing alternator no, back then. it was a generator i think i would switch my generator once a month it's, ins- it's <laughs> in insane it, it's yeah. insane because i'm gonna dip in some guilty pleasure car audio did was that thing in like spl sound offs and stuff yes and yeah what- and orion used to Used it for a display card to CES show in Las Vegas. So did you get, did Orion hook you up with deals on the equipment? Yes. Um, yeah, they did. And um, back nice. in the early 80s, I we almost bought Orion, my dad. <laughs> well, really? Yeah, he was. they were looking for uh, financial help at the time. So, yeah, we took a look at it real close, but decided yeah and then i think orion ends up selling out did orion sell out to dei or like because a lot of companies just sold out to dei right and then dei ended up being like a yeah like chinese-owned company yes i think that's pretty much what happened with all that stuff but yeah my stereo star we sold uh precision power in rockford fosgate well that's funny i don't know if you remember the car so i i recently i recently purchased a car from from the 90s which was uh chop rod and it was jim moto's red okay. chopped uh bug with the white rag top and it yeah had, uh, it was it was a fosgate car like the whole thing was fosgate stuff yep. and i purchased that car like about a year ago and like, like literally all the fosgate stuff was originals like og punch and it, oh yeah but yeah we, we used to sell that yeah back, the, uh, the pieces 88. that were left were like artifacts you know speakers all blown out and all that uh you know stuff uh-huh. surrounds all deteriorated and everything but She's going to, we're going to get her back in, in her good graces. And I want to, I want to get all the audio equipment back into it, but get it kind of more modern style stuff. That's cool. Yeah. I'm a collector. I have a bunch of, I have original punch 45 still wrapped in plastic and boxes. Really? I mean, <laughs> yeah, from the mid eighties to, to dip into stereo stuff a little bit. What do you think? You know, I remember back in the day, you know, guys would run like, like I was a big one amp guy, like trying to see how much stuff you can uh-huh. run off one amp. Yeah. And, and it's like, We've seen the trends come and go in the in the car audio industry. Back then, it was like a punch forty five was not cheap, you no. know. And it was like, and everybody be like, oh, you know, the, you, you had the guys that had the majestic thousand watt amps that weighed, you know, a pound yeah, and a half, half, and it was six feet long. <laughs> was, that punch forty five was definitely a main staple. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, and, and here in Vegas, there was a company called Import Audio that I used to. I couldn't afford anything, so I would just go there, window right. shop, and look around. You know, and it was always. I think the stereo guy was, at least in my opinion, the stereo guy was always. It was always Alpine head units. Yep. That was, yeah, Alpine head units. Yeah, so we sold. Yeah, Alpine head units and then either Fosgate. 7909, I believe that was the the ultimate head right. unit. Yeah, I was so stoked when I got my first 7166. I remember two knob, two knob uh, cassette deck, and I was just like, I got an Alpine. <laughs> yeah. My world had changed, but, you know, that, oh, yeah. that was like. It was some of the greatest times because, you know, you had guys that were amazing people by how much stuff they would run off a single punch 45. Right. We did 24 speakers of a single punch 45 and one guy's car used to show it zero to 50 class. <laughs> and it was, ins- it was insane the kind of power yeah. those things would put out. Yeah. You know? And so 
Now let's not get too far into the car audio. We'll dip back into that. I'm sure later. Now, so <laughs> okay. you get so you build the '71. You do the graphics. Like, how long does it take you to get this car built like this? I mean, and for a young kid, I mean, how, how are you getting this car so nice so quick? Because the '71 before, when it's full of first featured, it's a nice car. Thanks. Yeah, um, that was probably maybe five month build, probably. Really, but it was all hands on, like constantly every day after work, or I mean, you're just going at it every day yeah the yeah the poor car was all original (laughs) when i got it but i mean it's one thing to take an all original car but when you take an all original car and turn it into a legendary car that's that's uh that's an equatable transition i believe right and now yeah go ahead had no idea that what the car would have done the impact it created well, no, no clue back then. <laughs> We're just building a car, a driver. And, and I want to talk about you started off as a driver. You start enter, you build it for car audio because it's the perfect surf wagon for like tons of speakers. And that whole rear package area is like, it, it's the perfect surrounding for like an SPL machine, right? Yes. Yes. Other than no power, like no, no, no 12 volt source of anything. Of yeah. value, right. And so. Right. You build you build this car into that. You're starting to go into car audio events. When when do when do you meet the tipping point where you're like, that's it. I'm building the baddest square back ever. Um, we did the we did the shows with a car like that. It pretty much won everything I put it in in the uh, squareback class mm-hmm. back in the day. Um, I'd say like 1986. Um car pretty much we redid the stereo system from that feature i think it had over 4500 watts in it it was crazy yeah it was even bigger it had 415s in it i mean it was like to the point where it's like okay this driving this car on a daily basis became a real hassle you're putting on chargers every night (laughs) it's got to the point where it's like okay trying to get something you know, air conditioning, the whole regular vehicle. So got a wild idea one day. It was sitting there. I used to keep in the C train at my dad's house. So I pulled it out one day and we took a Sawzall and whacked the top off it. With no plan. Just like, I'm going to do something different. Yep. So let's cut the top off. That's insane. I mean, it's a finished, it's a finished driving show car. I mean, daily driver slash show car. I know. So then we drove it around a little bit like that for maybe a month, <laughs> just playing around with it. And then it was like, let's start from scratch. And the and the decision that you go to make it, like the first build, who who are the parties involved? Because uh, I think Steve, how do you say Steve's last name? Niche? Kinnett. 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 Steve Kinnett's yeah. involved in the first build? He owned Boltzworks in Bakersfield. And so I did the car, painted, lowered it, did all the suspension, everything was done. I took it to Steve, built the motor, um, did some wiring on it, and uh, painted the graphics on it. It was already blue when I brought it to Steve. And then went and did the upholstery and then did the stereo. And so that was kind of the shop in Bakersfield if you're a VW guy that you're involved with. Yes. Now you decide, okay, 
I'm, I'm just, I need to do something different. I feel I've done as much as I can with the square back, the top, cause at this point, mini trucks, they're cutting the tops off their target right. top and everything. And then you're yes. like, I'm going full blown. Like I'm going to meld both worlds together of like mini truck and Volkswagen, which Pretty is, much. <laughs> which is essentially what it almost looked like. It was like a roadster, a roadster square back with a tunnel cover yeah, as long as they didn't call it a roadster pickup. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it yeah. just it was just something that was like uh Well, a lot of people some other people were cutting their tops over the time, but they were still leaving it as a four seater. Right. So that's what we wanted to do, build a two seat roadster. And when you decide to do that, like you just show up at Steve's place like, Hey, uh, I cut the top off, let's redo this whole thing. Uh, he came over and helped me cut the top off <laughs> in my dad's front yard. And what's your, what does your dad say to this? He just sees you put all this time and effort in this car. He's and just then... shaking his head trying to figure out what the heck now are you doing? And you got two teenagers out there just like with the saws all like exactly. a per- perfectly good car. Like, well, I hope you guys are going to be able to put that thing back together. Yeah. And as soon as you cut the top off, the pan sags. <laughs> So, yeah, you find out that the hard way, like the doors won't yeah, open. Yeah, all of a sudden the doors don't want to shut. Oh, wow. And so now what's the process on building it back now? So now it's like, okay, top's off. There's no turning back now. Right. So took it. I think we, let's see, we did a lot of the build um, at Addington's house. So Chris was in, like really a part of helping you guys build that thing because obviously Chris has been in uh, building cars and hot rods and 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 I've been to Chris's place and right. He's he's got car problems. That guy has got like yeah, yeah. He does. He's into it. And he's a um, real do-it-yourselfer guy. Like from welding to bodywork to whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. He um he really didn't really. He just kind of let us use the the place to do a lot of the main work on it. Uh huh. He kind of was just doing his thing at the time with his cars. And Steve did a lot of work in the, over the years on the right stuff, Gia and stuff, now, back before it became Rod Buster. Now, let me ask this question. You guys being in Bakersfield, you're kind of you're almost as bad as us guys in Vegas, with the exception of, like, Bakersfield's been known for, like, hot rodding and drag racing. Right. right. But the VW scene, like, you guys are it, essentially, in Bakersfield, right? Like, you guys are the guys in Bakersfield – now, what's it like when you guys are going to Southern California for shows or are you guys going to a whole different level of shows? You know what I mean? Or, or is there a, a competition between Bakersfield and Southern California? You know, I didn't really uh, – it never really felt like there was competition between them. I mean, it seemed like it was just a big Volkswagen scene at mm-hmm. the time. And, you know, everybody was just, you know, stoked to see other people's builds just pushing the bar was like really yeah. like, who's doing yeah. something cool. Yeah. Cause we did a lot of stuff in Sacramento and then all the way to San Diego, pretty much covered the state. <laughs> so on this car, you take it and you start, you cut the top off, you start. So it's now, now it's like, okay, well, what are we, cause you're really starting with no plan, right? Right. Chris is the place where you can work on it. Cause he's got a shop at his house and Steve's right. over there helping you. And you guys are kind of putting the things together. Mm-hmm. Now, the graphics on this car, I want to talk about a couple things, the graphics and the tunnel cover, the graphics are like out of control. I mean, it, there's gotta be a couple weeks in just painting graphics on this thing. Yeah. Steve, uh, 
I was, we kind of, we, he drew and drew and drew and, you know, and I'd go over and we'd tape and lay things out and it'd be like, eh, change your mind, change your mind, change your mind. Really? It was, yeah, it was like, it was hard to finally get something that we, that I was like, yes, that's it. But it took a while, you know, and the and the grids and the and the pan, how it came out and everything. Yeah, um, this thing's graphic through the fender wells. I mean, it's graphic. There's nothing untouched on that car. Now, did you pull the did you pull the pan off the off the body off the pan? Oh yeah, that car was like set up on. Um, I want to call it a uh, like a rotisserie. Exactly, it was on a rotisserie. Yeah, so everything was yeah. That car was completely uh, just a shell. And, and I mean, one. you guys at the time, a lot of the stuff you're competing against are cars like the car that I own now, which is not a full blown show car. Like it's a chopped car. It's color right. matched wheels. It's been painted in detail, but it's more simple than anything else. And you always had like the simple show cars that had like a carpet kit covering the wiring, right? And a, <laughs> a lot of these cheater moves, right? And then you've right. got your car, which is like full custom, like. Nothing has been untouched. So Steve, exactly. so Steve did the graphics on it. Yeah, Steve did the bodywork, the graphics on it. He built, he did a lot of the on hands of that car. And the tunnel cover, the tunnel cover was fiberglass or steel? It was fiberglass. And Steve who- and his dad, his dad is like super talented, and uh, his his dad help Steve with a lot of the tonneau cover and then also the belly pan. Wow. I mean, that car is, that car is, is there's so much work that's gone into that. I mean, the, the, even the hydraulic struts or the, the, the struts that are on at the time are pretty cutting edge because right. cars just start getting that in the eighties. Well, we had billet stuff on this car before billet was even thought about. Well, you guys you had- look at the, the steering wheel on it. Oh, yeah. Everything was all handmade on that thing. And where were you guys getting, uh, like, who was doing the billet stuff? Was that all stuff coming from, from through Chris? No, uh-uh. that was, uh, Steve made all that parts on that car. Really? Using Chris's mill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's insane. I mean, because it's, it's almost like, obviously, we've got Chris's car, which is just like billet explosion. Like, there's, <laughs> you know, yeah. there's not one thing on the car that's not billet. Right. right on the rod buster yeah yeah on rod buster and he was building that when we were doing this one yeah and and so looking at the motor on this car right so the motor's got you've got a geared pulley set up with again a generator on a center mount fan shroud yep. yep. <laughs> and what size is is it still a 1776 with the 48s on it at this time it's a 2180 so now it's a 2180 and it's got the center mount with the aluminum and the side mounted distributor now the geared pulley setup on there How'd you guys, who, who built that? Um, I'm trying to remember. I don't, I'm trying to figure out what, I don't remember exactly where we got that from, but it was just something that we found. I was like, got to have that on that car. So it was pre-made and you were able to figure out how to get it on there. Yes. Nice. And the motor, so that you go through, redo the whole motor, redo everything. Cause it goes from now pancake to upright. Right. And when you're building this car, you're no longer driving this car around. No, that that's, we call them mirror cars at that point. So this, cause I've seen, I, you know, when I interviewed Chris with his car, you know, he's, 
he doesn't drive like the car starts and runs, but he's never right. He's never driven it, and it was a purpose-built show car. Now, what pushes exactly. you to the point of like, where's the inspiration come from? Like, we're just gonna do a show car. Now we're just doing a full-blown like, because this thing is graphic. I mean, yeah. I, I can't imagine the time you got just in the paint alone. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, there's a lot of time in that. A lot of uh, a lot of thought went into that. You know, I used to drive it at the shows, though. Oh, did you? You'd unload yeah. it and cruise it around the shows? Mm -hmm. Yes, like at Classics and different places like that. I had to show off that hot rod motor. Right, right. <laughs> now, did you guys do custom underneath pans on this to kind of smooth everything out on the bottom? Yes. So are those, those are fiberglass or steel? It's fiberglass. And now the first it's show, a, go ahead. It's, a, it's an actual fabricated cover. Oh, that actually. fits the pan perfectly. Oh, nice. Yeah. You can actually take it off. And you're saying Steve's dad is like the brains behind that because he's, he's like a master fiberglass guy? Steve's dad is a very talented guy. Um, unfortunately, we lost him. But, um, yeah, Steve uh, Steve had a great eye. Steve used to work at my stereo store. Oh, did he? After Volkswagens, yeah. Steve was just a very talented guy. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's no doubt. I mean, what I'm – because he because now steve owned his own car right mm -hmm. yeah he had a notch his notch was future shock right yes and so the two of you guys in bakersfield so does he start building that once he starts getting hyped building your car he grabs a notch builds that was he building it before um i think his car he already had it finished oh really? yeah his yeah his car was around when my square back was the first time also, we did it. it was already done at that point. Yeah, he was done, I think, in 85. Wow. And so his dad helped with a lot of the glass work that's on that car as well, I'm sure. Um, yeah, Steve pretty, yeah, he did a lot of work on that car. Those dashes were really cool, but it was a kind of a partnership, I think, between Chris and Steve on those SKS dashes. Oh, so the SKS dash, those those came out of? Those came out of that whole Bakersfield area, right? That's where they were yep. kind of come up with. Yes. Yeah, because I noticed the dash looks really similar. That's in your car and in Rod Buster. They're pretty similar. They are. It's a modified dash to fit the square back. Now, you build this car. Go through everything you do. What's the first show you take it to? Famosa. So, Famosa. Was Famosa... At that time, was it a huge VW event, or was it just an IASCA show, like or, or ISCA show? No, it was a uh, show for gold series show. So was it Volkswagens? Just Volkswagens. Yes. And and how's the car fare first time out? Best the show. <laughs> so everywhere it went. <laughs> so everywhere the car goes, you're getting best of show, and yes. the the excitement, like all the hard work, is now you're now paying off with right. all this coming to fruition is that your goal is to get that event or do you do you have a particular show in mind where you're trying to chase the the top built, award um built it for i wanted uh al martinez's inner show seven foot trophy that's what that car was built for at the gym for the vw to win, to, to win that yes and did you get that trophy yes and what, what year I is that? I look at it every day in my garage. <laughs> nice. And, and what year is that? That's 1980, 88, 89? 
Uh, let's see. That is probably 1990, I think. 1990. Yeah, because n- nobody really, if you look at Shockwave um, in the photo shoots, uh-huh. um, when RK shot it for Hot Vitos, and then you go look at it later on in 89, the car was completely redone. From eighty nine to from eighty from nineteen eighty eight to eighty nine, that was you redid more things. Yes, the car got trailer damage going to. I think it was Bogorama in Sacramento. And oh. yeah, so if you look at the car originally, and then you look at it in the later pictures, mm-hmm. if you look, the windshield is completely redone. It's all laid back. The vents on the rear quarter are all removed. Um, the graphics are all enlarged around the whole entire car, completely redone on there. You redid then, all of the graphics? Yes. Whoa. The car got repainted. <laughs> and the um, taillights are completely redone to a real custom. There was a taillight. Chris did those. They were a stacked, this stacked red plexiglass oh yeah no i completely see it in the in there's a picture online with a girl in a black Mm -hmm. bikini and that's version two where you've sloped the windshield back more yep and you've got the like the smoked rear taillights here and now i'm looking at i can tell the graphics are different how many people picked up on the changes from when it goes in one year i don't think anybody really picked up on the changes we never really said anything just kind of wanted to see if people would really notice it (laughs) That's insane. On their own. Yeah, because I'm, lo- <laughs> I'm looking at it and I'm like. Big difference. <laughs> well, I'm jumping back back and forth between pictures, pictures A, pictures B, whatever. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. And then I'm never really taking a look at it. And now I see pictures from with some dude detailing it with some super bleached hair. That's uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that looks like it's from, it looks like it's from the Jamboree, this one. because you've it got is. You, You've got a full wheels off set up with chrome jack stands and all that yep. stuff. And I don't know if this picture could be more perfect '80s than anything else, with like the bleached hair and the the chrome jack stands. Um, I mean, this is this is full on. So that's interesting that you redo completely the graphics. There's actually a 2.0 version that was never featured in the magazine. Exactly. So the magazine that- features are our first version, and then there's a whole other version of it. And I, I've never even seen people pick up on that online. No one's ever picked up on it. That's insane. Yeah, because now I'm looking. The windshield's completely different. The graphics oh, yeah. are totally different. Yep. And did you remove the front bumper? Uh, No, this got bumpers on it. They're That's... just painted. Yeah. They're just mat- color matched. Yeah, they look like they're, they look like they're almost invisible. But yeah, yeah that's, that's they insane. Complete, the bumpers are like were custom made for that car. Steve made them. That is so crazy because I'm, I'm looking at this now and I'm like, I'm toggling between two pictures and I'm like, Holy cow. Like in the magazine feature, it's got the factory taillights on it. Yeah. And the Jamboree picture, it's like, I mean, that's a lot of work to redo that car. Tell me about it. Three times. <laughs> the car has been done three times now. Three or almost four. Yeah, exactly. That is insane. And yeah, so, that was just something nobody ever really ever caught on or knew about. Wow, breaking news you heard here on Let's Talk Dubs first, which is what which is the reason I love doing the podcast because you can there's so many things behind the scenes that you never know about. 
Exactly. And when the car is damaged, I mean, is this an insurance claim or this is like, well, no, back, no, back no to insurance the claim. Exactly. Back to the drawing board. And just like, you know what? I want to kick it up another level. Let's make it better. Yeah. Cause you're seeing, you're seeing, you know, when you come out and you debut your car, you're like, man, I got the graphics. I've got this, I've got that. And then someone's like, yeah, but you got stock taillights and your windshield's just been cut. And then you're looking at stuff that Steve's doing and Chris is doing and all these guys are doing. And it's just in that whole arena, everyone just keeps pushing the bar. Exactly. And what is so insane, the most insane thing I think is I, is the wheels are like the stock ATI VW four lug. They're like an aftermarket yes. wheel, but it's like, <laughs> that's, the, that's the most untouched thing on the car other than a polished set of wheels. Right. Never left. Yeah. It was on there since day one. That's insane. And one of the things that, that I thought was interesting when I, when I was interviewing Chris, I said, Chris, your wheels do not look like a custom wheel. They look like a factory wheel. And he says, yeah, they're SVO Mustang wheels. And then I just machined a little thing. And I'm just like, the craziest thing is like these full blown out of control, radical customs. And then the wheels are like, nowadays it's like wheels make a car. Yes. And back then it was like, okay, the wheels are chrome. They're shiny. Moving on. Let's check out the graphics. Let's check out I the really, cover. I really like those wheels. They were just different. I've never seen them on anything before. Yeah. They're, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're an aftermarket wheel that was popular, like in the racing, in the racing guys, cause they were a lightweight wheel, yeah, but not magnesium. a lot of magnesium. Yeah. Not a lot of people, uh, ran those wheels. Uh, uh-uh, nobody did. So you show the car and you get your you get your uh, inner shows trophy in uh, nineteen ninety at the Jamboree down in uh, and I was probably the first Jamboree I went to was nineteen eighty nine Jamboree because mm-hmm. I'm here in Vegas and so I'm like on an island you know right cool VW is like California Southern California is like the mecca like you show up and every car that's in the magazine is out there on right. display and uh, so you get this trophy it's nineteen ninety. Where are you at with this car? Because the interesting thing is, where is the, is there, I don't see any audio equipment in this car. There's none. It's insane. Like you're a huge car <laughs> audiophile and you build this car and now you're just like, I'm looking, I'm taking trophies. That's it. We're going to, yeah. this is going to be the baddest square back built. And when you build the baddest square back, it gets scratched, it gets damaged. And then you're just going to make it even badder. Like we're just taking this back to ground zero again and redoing yep. this again. So now you're really passionate about the the car show scene. You get out, you get your trophy. What's the next thing that happens with the car? Well, it it's been to a lot of shows. Um, it won at Autorama in uh, Sacramento. It was invited there. Um, Up against everything, not just Volkswagen. Yes, exactly, which was really cool. Um, type 3 day was really um, – something that i was real passionate about winning that trophy best of show yeah because in that time right you have type threes are a little bit of an outcast like everybody's building bugs right type three guys always never seem to get their due right which is to the point why they even had a type three day so type threes can get recognition because sometimes you know especially when things are people's choice or whatever everyone likes bugs and type three is not everybody's cup of tea and I got to be honest, one of the reasons why I got into Volkswagens was because of Type 3s. There was Type 3, like to me, it was like a surf wagon. 
And all I could think is like, man, you could put four 15s in the back of one of those, you know, because that's, that was <laughs> <Exactly>. my inspiration. <laughs> you know, I was, I was a base head from day one. Like I just sit there and, and my first experience was, you know, seeing a Volkswagen, this peach colored square back pulled the apartment complex I'm, I'm, I'm living in. And it's just, this thing is just booming, like boom, boom. And I'm like, what? Like a meerkat popping out. And I'm like right. looking for this thing. And here comes this peach square back with white scallops coming through the parking lot, just rumbling. And I'm like, I, I need one of those, you know, <laughs> yeah. cause I could, I certainly couldn't afford a new blazer, like the new S 10 blazers, which was the that's modern what, version. That's what I drove when I, uh, that's what I bought in 1986, the S 10 blazer. Isn't that crazy? It's like, that's the <laughs> modern day stereo. In that. <laughs> yeah. The modern day version of the square back is the S 10 blazer. You know, that like that was that That could have been your tow vehicle for this dude. <laughs> Yeah, I built a, uh, we built a 71, 72 um, Chevy Blazer two-wheel drive. Yeah. And it was precision power. And it had, I think, 6,000 watts in it or more. Oh, get out of here. Yeah, it had 48 speakers in it. It was insane. It was painted like a precision power amp back in the day when they did the graphics on them. I think I remember it. Um, if you went to any of the uh, sound offs or the uh, finals in Arizona, you saw it. <laughs> you know, well, you know, one of the th- like I was such such a car audiophile. It, it's affected my, you know, the things that I have. I also own a '65 Buick Riviera, and and the the reason why I got that car is in Great car, car for stereo. <laughs> in car stereo review, uh, Jimmy Ray Vaughn had a lime green 63 Riviera that he had in car stereo review. And it had a Sony CDX 2001 on the sun visor and it had right. JL audio subs. Yep. And, and I was like, I'm build. I'm, I blew up my Volkswagen and I said, I'm done. I'm getting one of those. And I didn't even know what it was. I was like, I'm just getting one of those and I'm going to get one. Of, and, and to this day, I still have my 65 Buick Riviera because I got mad, sold my Volkswagen, went and bought a Riviera and I've got a, like a pro touring style Riviera sitting in my garage. That's still not a hundred percent running on, on the road. And it's, that's cool though, but it's like another project. <laughs> it's all that passion that comes from our generation of like picking up magazines, which is our Instagram of yesteryear, right? Like that's where we got our constant visual stimulation of like what's happening in different parts of the country, you that's know? It. And so Let's talk a little bit about your car audio stuff. So, so you're so into, so well, let's finish, let's kind of round out because there's, there's a, a process that's going to happen here. I think where you get the car, you take it to some other shows, you win at Autorama. Now you're competing against other level cars. When do you decide to retire the Volkswagen? Um, I think nine, I think that Jamboree show was the last show it went to really in 1990. Yeah. And, it's- it might have been pulled out for some local things here and there, but other than that, it was, it just, I already won everything I could possibly win all from 88, 89 and 90. And so you're kind of like, all right, I, there's nothing more I can do and I'm not going to rebuild it a fifth time. Right. And it's, we used to have a saying, there's nothing, there's nothing older than last year's sh- last year's show car. Right. <laughs> right. So, so, so what happens to the car? You just kind of park it in the C train. Um, no, it, it's, I just put it in my garage at my home and car cover over it and then start it up about once a month and 
that was about it. And then somebody, I wish I could remember the man's name, but anyway, they got a phone call asking, would I sell it? And I was like, you know, for the right price, sure. So we talked a little bit about it and he called me a few times later, you know, maybe a couple months later and then never heard from the guy. And then probably six months went by and all of a sudden I get a phone call. The guy's heading to Bakersfield with a trailer wanting to pick up this car. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> so to this me, guy it was like no use to me anymore at this point. Yeah. It's just kind of sitting there. It's like, you've been there. You've done that with this car. Right. And Volkswagens are kind of fading out. Right, the scene, the scene's kind of starting to wane a little bit, and yep. now, especially now, you at this time, are you running your stereo shop? Yes. So now, in this, in the world of stereo shop, it's like, okay, I'm finding you're looking for a cool car, something a cool chassis to put a stereo in, like something cool, something big, something right. different. Billets all the rage right now. Everything is peach and tangerine, and all these crazy colors yeah. are have. Everything's monochromatic, and this square back is like, yeah, that, like you said, there's nothing older than last year's show car. Yep. So dude shows up out of nowhere. You don't remember his name, the guy that bought the car? You know, I don't. I can't remember that man's name. He was an older guy. And, and where he was he living? He lived in Diamond Bar. Diamond Bar, California. And he had a Volkswagen collection. I think he had 27 or 28 Volkswagens. And he wanted that car for his collection. And it's kind of hard. I mean, how is it for you to part with that car? Like, it's one of those things where, like, I don't really want, I don't need to sell it. I don't have to sell it. If I sell right. it, this is the number that I'd be like, okay, well, you must want it worse than I do because. Exactly. That's is, what it came down to. <laughs> and when the car's leaving, is there any sense of, like, uh, a little bit of back and forth? Or you've now, you're now kind of moved on emotionally. Like, I'm ready for this money. I'm going to build this next thing. Um. You know, I already had my blazer. We started building my 72 blazer in um, 1988. Yeah. So I already had that thing underway. So that was something behind the scenes we were building at the same time. I still had my square back and was still showing it. At that Volkswagen Jamboree show in 1990, I had my blazer there also in the Precision Power booth for that show. That's rad. So... What's the name of your stereo shop that you had back in the day? It was called Research and Development Mobile Audio. Research and Development Mobile Audio. And how long do you have the stereo shop for? From 88 to 92. Because the tough part is once you open a stereo shop, five more people are open stereo. There was like a heyday in the car audio world too. You know, Bakersfield had like – three major player stores yeah. and then everything else was just whatever. Because out here in Vegas, we, you know, we went from having, there was like four stereo shops out here to like one right. within in that same time frame. Like in the mid nineties, it was like, everybody just goes by the wayside. Exactly. Because you get these guys like audio express show up in town with the $1 install and all this kind of stuff. And they take, <laughs> they, they take all the bread and butter work and nobody, yeah. no one's going to make it on custom installs. You know what I mean? Yeah, we built a lot of show cars, a lot of show cars. Really? Back in the day. Yeah, yeah. we had a lot of cars go to the Nationals. When, and, yeah, it was fun. Any we of these cars of get in the magazines, the other in the oh, yeah. audio magazines? Yes. I'm going to have to research that now. I'm going to have to pull up the go magazines. To, that go to Insulation. Look at Insulation News. I think it was on. 
1990. Uh I think it was my blazers on the cover. Oh, nice. What's it called? So is it car audio installation news or just installation news? Installation news. So you sell the car. And never see it again. (laughs) Never see it again. Don't keep the guy's number, nothing. You're just like. uh, Yeah, the guy was pushing 70, I think, when he bought it. And so the so, car the car left your position and it's still intact somewhere. I have no idea. I hear all kinds of rumors. They've seen like at a park, somebody said change the wheel, someone said they repainted the top. I've heard all kinds of things, but the car's never surfaced. Let me ask this question. If that car were to come back <laughs> come back around <laughs> and you had the chance to buy it back, would you buy it back or your that chapter's closed? You know, I thought about that, and that chapter's closed. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of one of those things. Like it's it's the, it's like I, the ex girlfriend syndrome. Right? It was the best thing ever when you had it in your memory, and then you get it back, and you're like, oh, "That's a lot of work." Because you're going to want yeah. it to be pristine, and it's probably not exactly. pristine. Right. It's. I'm sure it's not, and that's why it's probably not servicing. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. I mean, I, I, I I'm sure between Facebook, this podcast and all the things that are going on. Cause this car is really, uh, you know, with this eighties resurgence coming back and a lot of us guys that are in our forties right now, we're out there digging out cars out of the, from, from, from the late eighties, you know, early nineties. And we're finding these cars that were like our motivation cars, you know, right. and buying them. And, uh, I just drove the, the rag chop or chop rod as it's called in VW trends. I just drove that car this morning. So, uh, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, it, it, and there's a, there's a level of respect you have to have for those cars. Your car was on another level and yeah. it was a not to be driven really car. Right. Right. Yes. And then, you know, like the car that I bought, it was a real looker. It was definitely something that got your attention. It looked cool. There was a right. lot of stuff that was hidden because the guy drove the car. So, there was, I mean, it still has the original VW wiring in it that's been quite radically modified to some degree. And, you know, some of these cars that we're tracking down, there was just recently Andy the Paint picked up the, you know, he picked up that uh, fuchsia colored Gia. We just saw you got that happen. Dennis Hyde's car Gia. Yeah. That's, yeah. It, it, I made that happen. And the, where's that car out of? That car is in, is that car in Bakersfield too? No. Yeah. This is in Bakersfield. Dennis, yeah, me and Dennis have been friends since high school. Man, you guys don't sell anything about He kept that car this whole time, and I, that Andy put some, posted something on there, showed a picture of that car, and said that was his inspiration since he was 13 years old. So I just kind of said, you want that car? (laughs) And he was just like, what? Are you kidding me? And I said, yeah, let me, I'll call him up right now and ask him. And so he's, what's crazy is that he's kept the car for this long. And, and I think it's a testament to what these cars meant to the guys that build them. Like, you don't, like, it's not even a monetary thing. It's like, you want the car to go to someone who's going to appreciate the car. Right. That's why I told Dennis, I go to the guy in, in England that runs your car. And he's like, oh, I go, you want to sell it? And he goes, yep. <laughs> yeah, because to some point it's just, it's just sitting there. It's just you're it's not really your thing anymore but it's part of your history and the last thing you're going to do is just you know let it go somebody who's not going to really appreciate what it is and and there's something to be said for someone that wants to buy your car the way you built it and just keep exactly you know steve steve painted that car i came out of volts really 
Mm-hmm. And what's Steve up to now? Um, he um he lives in. I'm trying to think, Mesquite, Nevada, or something like that. Oh, get out of here! Yeah, I'm gonna hunt him it, down. That's about a 40 minute drive for me, man. <laughs> and uh, he's still doing cards and stuff, but he worked for Townsend, which builds a lot of braces and things for people so i think he might remotely still work there you know he we keep in touch on facebook and stuff yeah nice yeah i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to look him up because he was kind of the guy making some of the vw stuff happen back in bakersfield you definitely need to put him on your podcast yeah no i i (laughs) I think it's this whole thing you know for me i'm looking at it i look at bakersfield as like this real weird anomaly to me and the reason it's this anomaly is because i see bakersfield as like the desert you know what i mean right but going there if you're going there for any kind of car culture the car culture is super strong in bakersfield like that is, it is. if it's that is a hot rod place and like it it it's really really um a lot of a lot of stuff came out of bakersfield you know yeah, so a lot of them. Yeah, and just pushing the bar for so many unique builds that that came out of there. So, uh, right. So you sell all that stuff. You get out of the VW scene for for this time now because you've kind of you've built a car to a point where it's like you're not really enjoying it because and because and I'm gonna do a little bit of, of of mind reading here. A car audio guy loves to be looked at and loves to get the attention from his booming system. You know what I mean? And there's this there's this whole part of it. And then when you get a car that's just it's a driver. It's not fun to drive with no music. Right. You know what I mean? And so now, yeah. now you're building a blazer with this nice PPI setup in it. It's being, I remember the car now it's coming to my mind. It's painted like the PPI amps. Yes. Yeah. With the, with the triangles and all that stuff. Yep. I've got a set exactly. of those amps <laughs> in my Steve, Riviera. Really? Right. <laughs> so, um, so, so now. Yeah. This thing's got handmade 18 inch woofers from Serwin Vega. I was used to be a Serwin Vega tester. Did you really? Yeah. I was real tight with Serwinski's back in the day. That's insane. So this, this thing had Stroker 18s in it before Stroker was even a woofer that you could even get your what, hands on. The Stroker was like the, it was like a double stacked voice coil for extra excursion. It had the adjustable axis on it. That's insane. Yeah. I had those in the eighties. <laughs> that thing. That's wild. Do you still have the blazer? No, I sold it to the Precision Power Rep Get back in here. the day. Uh-uh, he bought it. Pacific Coast Marketing bought it, I think, in 1995, I want to say. And now, okay, that transitions that transitions nicely into our next segue, which was your next car, your next Volkswagen that you build. Yes, that 66 Carmen Ghia convertible. And what's the story on that? So now you sell the Blazer and you're like, I want to build something else. I bought that car in 1997, and it just kind of sat around, sat around, sat around. And what was forever? The, what was the genesis to like? You know what? I'm just going to build this Gia. It pretty much that was it. And I mean, you know, because you're a VW guy. I mean, the crazy part about being a VW guy is a V. And you've been in like clearly because you've built a bunch of different types of show cars and stuff you've been in a couple and being in in bakersfield there's a lot of different car hobbies right like right i've explained to people a lot and some people get it and they don't and, and, and it's like mustang guys are mustang guys 
Corvette guys are Corvette guys. And there's like these hybrid guys out there that a lot, like I start as a Volkswagen guy and I love Volkswagens, but I really love, I've got my Riviera, I've got a Corvair, I've, I've had Typhoons and Cyclones and I just kind of love, I love a little bit of everything, you know? Yeah. I had a 67 Chevelle wagon pro tour car. Did you? I built, um, 74 Ford Bronco, <laughs> all kinds of different vehicles. Um, really big in the Harley Davidsons and motorcycles. I've been doing the Harley, the motorcycle stuff since like 2004. And, and I've the, had two, two different bikes and magazines. And the Harley stuff, what, what gets you motivated to start doing Harley stuff? Um, uh, years ago when I was young, I used to race motocross. So I really enjoyed motorcycles and then i got to the point where it's like why not let's try this and made a lot of new friends in the industry and had two different bikes and two different magazines and it was a lot of fun and there were show bikes nice and then but after the after the uh after the volkswagen stuff i started racing jet skis in 93 to 97 like so that kept me yes and sport boats so I did the Budweiser Jetsport tour for uh, three years, which is a national tour that you know took you all over the United States, ten rounds of it, and that like really kept me busy for a while there. But once I stopped <laughs> doing that, the the Harley started coming into play. Yeah, and I had that Gia sitting there and sitting there and sitting there, and the original guy that painted the my first version of my Squareback. He painted the gear, did all the body work on it and everything, pulled the, off the pan, the whole nine yards, completely started from scratch on and, that car. And being in Bakersfield, you've got your network of people that you can count on to do. Actually, um, no, that was, network's all gone. Really? <laughs> at that point. Yeah, because that's like 2006. So Bob Koch did a lot of work on that car for me. Oh, did he? And he's down in Acton, right? So Yes. Yes. Wow, that's a, that, that's incredible. So that car you decide to build, um, and and so that what's the what's the breakdown on that car? What's the motor, and does that car have an audio system in it? Um, no audio system. Seventeen seventy six. Dave Harner built it from Bard's Parts in Bakersfield. Um, I mean the upholstery was done down Southern California. The top was made in Southern California, and then Bob kind of put the upholstery back in it and did some wiring on it, and done deal. And then Re- did a refurbished steering wheel for me. Now, do you still have the Gia? How long did you have the Gia for? Uh, I want to say I think I sold it in 2011. And do you know where that Gia went? Um, it went up north. And then it came back to Bakersfield, and some girl drives it. Oh, so it's back as a in daily driver. <laughs> yeah, well, that's awesome. So now the big question is: Do you have any other plans for any other Volkswagens? You know, I want to do another Squareback. <laughs> I want I want to do an early year one. Yeah, maybe like a '66. Yeah, and sure. I've got the system already built, sitting in this all the parts and pieces collected 
I got a power 1000. I want to put in it the 20, is it the 25 to life version? Right. So I want to do that in there. Nice. I got the Foose alloys. I got two full sets of those sitting here. So you're ready. You're just looking for the right square back. I just need to find a car that's got a good body, decent body on it. Right. So if anybody, any, I mean, any of our listeners out there have a, a, a nice line on an early square back to uh, line you. And you're early, when you're saying early, are you talking early 60s or anything 68 and earlier or 69 and earlier? 69 and earlier. So 69 and earlier, a nice solid square back, complete, something that's not rusted, that's got straight panels on it that you can right. do another quick turn and, uh, and get something back out there. Yep. That's what I want to do. Nice. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll get some people to reach out to you from the podcast and, uh, that'd be cool, man. I think, listen, I, I'm super stoked to get you on the, on the podcast and talk to you about, you know, about the history that you've had, because, you know, shockwave influenced a ton of people, you know what I mean? And, and it's really one of those chapters in the VW history that this car, just like Rod Buster, it, it's like sandwich there. Like if you're going to your top cars of like the craziest with graphics and detail and all that stuff, this is in line with all those cars just because of, you know, the era it was done in. And I don't know if that era is ever going to come back. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't think so. I, mean, I don't think that people put that much emphasis in the Volkswagens like they did back then. Well, there's the, you know, what's crazy. There's the level of detail is pretty close to that now but it's more subdued like the colors are more it's more factory colors but it's like the cars that 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 buddy hale's building and and uh you know pips building them and bob cook uh, on the east coast these guys are building cars that have just got crazy levels of detail and that's uh, awesome but you know they're more like the average consumer looks at it and doesn't see all kinds of custom mods to it so Right, man. It's uh, listen. It's been great to have you on the podcast, and I definitely love to get you back on when you when you're getting ready to bust out your next build. And uh, okay, well, I tell you this: when I'm coming through Bakersfield next time, I'm going to give you a heads up. I want to stop by and meet you, and okay. uh, just shoot the breeze with you for a little bit. Maybe go to, go to lunch great. or something. So, man, sounds good. George, it's been great to have you on the podcast, and uh, I'm sure I'm sure this won't be the last of us hearing from you. Well, thank you. I appreciate being on. You got it, man. If you like that podcast, and I know you did, make sure you go to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review and also share this podcast with your friends. We love when you share this with your friends. To support the podcast, go to letstalkdubs.com, go to the store and pick up some merch, get you a fly hat or a cool t-shirt, but support your favorite podcast so we can continue to keep bringing you guys more and more awesome episodes. We got plenty more coming up, so make sure you guys have lots of time to soak up the knowledge that we're going to be bringing to you from right here in sunny Las Vegas, Nevada. Until next week, guys, later. A Volkswagen is a nice station wagon to have a